Please leave a message after the tone. I love how the word says God reconciles us to himself through Jesus Christ. This harmony happens in a miraculous way because of God's mercy. And there's this beauty. There's this relationship with God. And there's this joy. You know, there's a real sense of wholeness. Wholeness in yourself and wholeness in being connected to God. Because that's what we all desire, is to be connected to God. If we can't have that harmony with God, then we really can't have harmony with each other. Reconciliation. What does this mean to you? This is the Journey with Care podcast, where we navigate honest conversations about faith, culture, and loving our neighbors. I am the host, Melvina Gabosh, and I am an Indigenous lover of Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of Journey with Care with your host, Melvina Gabosh. In the studio, around the table, I have a very dear friend of mine, Alyssa Gabriel. Hi, Alyssa. Tense. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for being with us on Journey with Care. Um, Alyssa is a longtime friend of mine. She is a Cree woman from Mr. Paiste Cree Nation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Grand Rapids. That's about five, six hours from here. About three, four hours oh. north. Three, okay. Yeah. Three hours north. It feels like six hours to me when I drive <laughs> If you're driving fast, it's three and a half. <laughs> I drive the speed limit, so so I, I take a little bit longer. Um, so I have um, Alyssa in the studio today with me, and I'm really excited about this interview. I'm really excited about what God is going to do. I just want to give Alyssa a chance to just introduce herself to us, who she is, what she does for a living, what she does as you know her job, her title and how long she's been serving the Lord. All right. Tense Anin and Buju. My name is Alyssa Gabriel. I'm from Mystic Christ the Cree Nation. I'm also from Moose Lake as well. And that's where my dad's from. I'm the youngest of seven. And I also have seven of my own. And I work here in Winnipeg. I'm a land-based therapist, and I'm also an action therapist. And I also developed a land-based program with my husband, Timothy Gabriel, which we teach a lot of youth. It will be September 26th. I think it will be like 13 years since wow. we gave our lives to the Lord. God has brought us through so much in those 13 years. And I know that He has big plans for me and my husband and I, I I feel like every day it seems like he shows us slowly of what he's planning for example he like places things to do within my spirit and for me I feel like okay well how am I going to do that how is it going to like roll out but then I've learned that I have to just wait for God to open those doors for me I used to always say, okay, we're figuring it out, we're figuring it out. Like, even with our relationships, I don't do that anymore. I just, like, you know, like, just place it in God's hands and just allow God to to figure it out for us. Well, that's faith, right? Yeah. That's faith. I was actually listening to a preaching this morning, and they were talking about our assignments, that each and every one of us have an assignment. We have an assignment that's attached to our identity in Christ. And so 13 years ago, you gave your life to the Lord. I knew you 13 years ago. I knew you as Alyssa 13 years ago, but I also know you as Alyssa today. Mm -hmm. And the transformation, the change, 
that God has done in your life, in your family's life, in your marriage has been, you know, something brilliant to watch. I guess for many years, I wasn't in church, but you were. And so I watched your life and I watched what God did in your life. And I watched, you know, what he did in your family, what he did in your education, what he did just in your life in general, in your walk with him. And he's been so good to you and your family. Mm -hmm. And so you say you have seven children. Mm -hmm. It's a big family. How do you manage seven children? Oh, I just, it's just all about managing the house and just knowing that each one of us have a responsibility and knowing that we have to take accountability to those responsibilities. And if you see somebody slacking around in the house, you know, like we kind of just point that out with one another in a respectful way, not never like in a disrespectful way, because we want to like show our kids respect and to to treat them like that as well, because with respect, there comes a lot of growth, especially yes. with our kids too. So, and like a lot of patience as well. My oldest one is, he's going to be 21 this coming up here. And like, we give him a lot of space too and patience and, you know, like he doesn't want to leave the house and we're not going to like make him. So like he takes part in like the responsibilities of like bills and cleaning up and the chores around the house. And, um, and like also having like a partner that takes part in those chores as well as home, like, because growing up, I wasn't really brought up as like the woman does the work in the mm -hmm. house. The woman works hard. Yes. And then having a spouse that was taught to, you know, like take part of those chores around in the house. I, I really appreciate Tim's mom for teaching him on how to, you know, sweep and mop and do dishes. Having a partner like that, it's just really helpful in keeping a household together and managing it well. So I'm just, I'm really grateful, for, you know, the, like the Lord has blessed me with such a good man and a patient man too, because I'm, you know, those crees. <laughs> <laughs> yes, those crees. As, yeah. Alyssa, as Alyssa mentioned, she's um, Cree and she's from Moose Lake. I've shared with my listeners, with the podcast listeners, that I am also Cree and I'm from Moose Lake as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Moose Lake and the Paws. So, yep, when she said those Crees, <laughs> I understood <laughs> what she meant. <laughs> yeah, it could get, um, even before my relationship with Tim, like I was, I was like a loose cannon. I was, I would say something out without even, like no filter at all. Like I would do things too. Like it was just... I don't know, it was crazy long time ago. <laughs> before Christ. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, crazy before Christ. <laughs> but now you're a crazy creep even with Christ. But, yeah. um, so since you've given your life to the Lord and you got married and you went through education, what did you take mm -hmm. in, in school? Um, at first, I, did, I wasn't sure what I was taking. I just took like classes that took my interest. So like that was mostly psychology and sociology. Um, I ended up majoring in behavioral science and I got a minor in religion. So I got a degree in my behavioral science studies. And then recently I just took like a focusing oriented therapy course with MITT. So I just finished that one last year. So like I can sit in sessions and basically... I'm a therapist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're a therapist. So you said that you and your husband started a land-based. Yeah. So a land-based program. 
And it's for just Indigenous youth. So I like the way one youth described it is she said that, I just want to thank you for teaching us how to be natives. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that really, like, really touched my heart because there's a lot of native kids that need to be taught on how to be proud of who they are as Indigenous people because living in, like, you know, like outside of Winnipeg, it could be tough, like in smaller towns like Brandon, Dauphin, where there's a lot of racism. Mm-hmm. Um, I experienced it myself. That's why I'm pointing out those specific communities. But in Winnipeg, there's a like a lot more of a diversity of people, even different Indigenous people as well. So a lot of youth need to feel like they're proud of their identity. Yes. And it could be tough to learn that as an Indigenous person, especially if you've experienced racism. So like these kids that are coming from northern communities and coming to Winnipeg and then, you know, they experience racism or stereotypes. They need somebody to help them to lift their spirit up. Mm-hmm. And I think like just being in a land-based program just like ours, it, it just really helps them to learn and appreciate of who they are and to and to gain those skills as well. So like when somebody wants to learn about Indigenous people, you know, that these kids were already have something to teach other people of who they are. It's not just about what you see on the outside, but like these kids could come up and say like, you know what, these are the skills that I have and I could show you them. So like, it's just basically teaching kids on like bush skills. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Land skills, <laughs> yeah. land skills, right? Like learning how to like survive in the bush if they were ever to like if they ever get lost, and also like hunting, fishing. Um, what what do you do with the animals when you bring a moose home or an elk home? How do you fillet a fish? Those skills and also like healing on the land too. I think one of the most important thing is being on a land and learning on how to like shut your phone off. Or just getting away from like people or the city and distractions. Yeah. Just learning to just be at peace, just sitting around the fire. And, and it's just like be at peace with God's yeah, creation. Yeah. And then yeah. learning to appreciate God's creation and just being thankful for, you know, like all the small things in the land too. Like I really enjoy being outside. And if I could live outside, I would live outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference between me and me and Alyssa. She likes the outside. I don't like the outside. <laughs> but her and her husband, they hunt, they fish, they they do all different kind of outside activities. But um, one of the things that they do do is is they they hunt. And so this is where I, as an Indigenous person, I love wild meat, wild food. And so the only way that I get to have some is if I eat some at Alyssa's house. <laughs> so it's always a treat for me and my husband to to go over for supper and eat some yeah. some wild food that they caught, that they hunted, that they were able to, yeah, just provide in that way. And so you're teaching the youth how to hunt, how to survive, how to, you know, be one with nature, how to appreciate their surroundings and and the land and and healing and and whatnot. One question I do want to ask you, uh, what does reconciliation mean to you? Well, I was really thinking about reconciliation maybe um, last week, and I thought that 
how can we reconciliate with non-Indigenous people when Indigenous people cannot reconciliate with themselves? Yes. Like amongst themselves. One another with one another, yeah. So it's all about like respect. I always tell people to, you know, like we got to respect each other's beliefs and religions, our values and beliefs. We have to be able to look at the other person like even if it's just somebody that believes different than you like if you're serious about your beliefs and values then the next person beside you is also going to be serious about their values and beliefs so there has to be that mutual respect so I was taught that by my professor Sherry Steiner at Booth University College to respect and I always that just stayed in my heart because I was raised in like the gospel and and it was not always like you know the good teachings it was the teachings of like oh you got to stay away from these people because they believe that way more more religion more or religion like legalistic yeah. you got to stay away from them because you know they expect you to dress this way mm-hmm. yeah so I know that we have to be careful of who we allow in our lives, and what kind of teachings that we take in for ourselves and families. But there's also a teaching behind that as well. Like, we minister to different people, we don't, but we don't fellowship with everybody. So yes. I yes. always follow that as well. So I'm always very careful of who I allow in my, in my life and my own circle of friends and family. And I know that I go to places that like other believers wouldn't dare to go to. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, well, that was what I'm going to yeah. get to is in the last couple of years, I've watched you grow mm-hmm. in your identity in Christ, but also your identity as an Indigenous mm-hmm. woman. That also has brought you to, like you said, different places that other believers mm-hmm. wouldn't go. And so what are some of those places? I would say, you know, like I would go to these sweat ceremonies I would go and visit the grounds of where other people pray. I was always taught on, like, just being careful of where to go, especially where I put my steps. And I'm always careful. I always pray every time I go out, ask the Lord to always cover me with His protection. So I'm not afraid to go to places because I know of who I serve. And we shouldn't be afraid. I also go to like just visit sun dances, but I don't participate into the ceremonies. It's just my way of like if I'm with the youth. Being respectful, yeah. right? And then if they want to go in that way of healing, then if they want me to drive them out to a sweat ceremony, I'll drive them out to a sweat ceremony. If they want to go visit a grandmother lodge, I'll take them to a grandmother lodge. It's just basically up to the youth that I work with. And then if they want to learn about my beliefs, I teach them my beliefs. I tell them about it. And I always say, too, that, you know, God created us to be Indigenous people. So how could we deny ourselves in a way that, you know, like the color of our skin or the culture that we come from? Because being Indigenous is we have to be able to embrace that. But there, I know that there's a lot of Christians that would disagree with what I do and what I say. But, you know, like, I know that this is my walk. This is my assignment. This is not theirs for them to understand. So that's why I get a lot of criticism around that. And sometimes even a cold shoulder, but that's all right. You know, like, because 
I go to places where people are needed and that healing is needed and people need me to be there. Yeah. And like I shared earlier, we're all on a different assignment. We all have a different assignment. You know, mine's not going to look like yours. Yours is not going to look like mine. But when we're walking in obedience to the Lord and we know who we are in him, we know that, you know, he is our God that we love him, our heart belongs to him. He's going to take us where he knows he can use us. He's going to take us into those those avenues or to those places where you can have relationship with the youth and you can teach them what it is to figure out who they are as an Indigenous person, as a young Indigenous person. I grew up in the church as well. So I grew up in the kind of the same way, legalistic, you know, religion. You can't do this. You can't do that. You stay away from those people. Mm-hmm. I grew up that way, right? So in the Christian world of Indigenous people, it's either, you know, you're traditional or you're Christian, right? So that's, no, and so that's it's like, not so, with me. <laughs> but, that, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting to. That's the, the mm-hmm. norm, right? It's either you're traditional or you're mm-hmm. Christian. And that's how we're, we were raised most of mm-hmm. our lives. And so, you know, watching you on your journey and watching you, you know, become who you are in, as an Indigenous woman, because God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. He created us to be Indigenous people. He created us to be who we are. It was the enemy who put shame on that. You know, it was the enemy who who brought shame and condemnation on who we were as Indigenous people. And so watching your journey and then kind of, you know, going along on my own journey and seeing where God is taking me and seeing, you know, like when I first joined ICYA, my mentor, my, my boss at the time, Karen Jolly, um, we were decorating for an event and she brought all her decorations and there were little teepees and little, you know, um, traditional arts and um, things. And she was bringing them out of the, her boxes. And and in my mind, like this thought came to me, you can't touch that. And then I and I looked at her and that's her as an Indigenous woman, uh, an elder, um, a respected woman of God in in our community. I thought, well, why can't she? Why is she touching it then? You know, like in, in my inner being, I thought that. And so I said, no, I'm going to decorate these tables. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started picking up, you know, these beautiful pieces of art, like, you know, these beautiful traditional pieces of art and decorating the table and, you know, everything else. And by the end of it, I was so proud of myself. I was so proud of myself that I, I pushed through almost that condemnation, that shame that I felt like the enemy was trying to put on me you know, that kind of like those chains, Mm -hmm. right? And so throughout my journey, like there's other things that being involved in the inner city, I've had to go to certain things. I've had to go to sweats. I've had to go to sacred fires. Mm -hmm. I've had to be in in different, you know, situations that I normally wouldn't be in. But being able to, to know that God doesn't make mistakes. I can be proud that I am an Indigenous Mm -hmm. woman. And I can be proud of our, our Mm -hmm. art and our beauty like and the other, I think last year almost a year ago I put on a ribbon dress and I took a picture and I shared it and there's beauty in it there's beauty in there the is. art and I just don't like the fact that you know like I'm done listening to men of how I should serve God how I should look on what I can do and cannot do so like it just kind of it just kind of boils up in me like when somebody tells me not I can't do anything because because I know that I can and mm-hmm. I don't have to listen to like man in a way that in those areas of telling me on how to dress or like how to believe and what I sh- should and shouldn't do 
yeah, I've I've done that already. So many years of my life growing up as a child, like as a teen, even with relationships, like I want to be able to to serve God the way that I feel like there's a close relationship with God. So even if it's like I like to wear a traditional skirt when I go to church, like even if it's like a camp meeting or if it's um, back home for like ceremony or like even if it's a grad ceremony, I love to like embrace of like our traditional um, attire, like with the earrings and the necklaces. And like, I love all all of that and because it's a beautiful culture that we come from. But just because I dress up like that way doesn't mean that I, I do, you know, like ceremonies in a way that I'm piercing myself. Like I respect people that do. It's their way of healing, but my, my way of healing is completely opposite. And the way the one lady described it was kind of like revolutionary, the way she described it, because she watched what I was doing with the land and just embracing of who I am as an Indigenous person and also being a believer as well. So I come a long way of finding who I am and my identity in Christ as an Indigenous woman in Winnipeg as well. As you know, as we're on this journey, because I feel like we're all on a journey of identity. Mm-hmm. We're all all on a journey of who we are, like finding out who we are in Christ. You know, being reconciled back to Him, being reconciled back to one another, being reconciled back to you know our own heritage, our own history. You know, as a Christian woman that embraces you know your culture and your identity as an Indigenous woman, you know, because I know that there's there's a lot of non-Indigenous believers out there that want to know how to walk with Indigenous people, you know, and, and I know they see beauty in, in our culture. They see beauty in, in our music and, and everything else. But like, I guess the conversation is going to get pretty real here. <laughs> so, so say about the mm-hmm. drum. Okay. And so the non-Indigenous person or a non-Indigenous person playing kind of like Christian music, playing fiddle music or playing the drum, you know, that I believe that they're wanting to embrace our culture but not understanding how far we can go or how, you know, as Christian people, right? So is there a limit or is there a place that you know yourself that you can't cross or it's not a place for you to go? Well, when you say limit, it's just like we're putting a limit on God and we're putting God in a box. And when we say that, okay, well, let's take away that electric guitar from you. Let's take away that saxophone from you. Let's take away maybe one part of that other drum from you and push that out of the church. And, you know, like people could disagree or agree or not, but that's okay. But as long as we're, you know, like on the same level of respect, I see it as like, where do you stand with God? And that's a relationship that God sees. He sees the heart. He doesn't see like, if that guy is holding an electric guitar, oh, he's going to bless him more because he's confining to the same rules as everybody else. But yet, you know what? On Saturday nights, he's sleeping around. What? This other guy that's on the same stage, he has a drum. And he just loves God. He just loves the Lord. And he doesn't want to hinder anything with his, his relationship with God. That's the way I see it. But if it's like a non-Indigenous person, 
they have to be really careful as well, like, because some Indigenous people ain't even ready for that yet. Some Indigenous people will just get up and walk away because, you know, like, they might be offended because, oh, they're trying to push culture on me. So I'm going to leave that church. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that get so offended so easily without even learning or trying to understand what's going on. Okay, let's just step back for a second just to see what's going on instead of like allowing all my emotions and my own thoughts get in a way of learning of what is going on. I think that is one of the important things is to just be careful with one another if we're going to introduce what something to the community or introduce, you know, like if a non-Indigenous person wants to share their drum. Indigenous people would also ask, were you blessed with this drum? Um, Were you gifted with this drum? Or did you just buy it and think that you can just come and play it? Like there's ways of even receiving a drum for Indigenous people with their traditional protocols. There's ways of doing it. But nowadays, people just do whatever they, they want without even consulting one another. And we have to consult with one another if we're going to gather with one another, talk about it and see what kind of feelings that arise. And if there's disagreements, then you talk about them and to see how everybody feels with that. And also pray, ask the elders as well. And the elders have to be knowledgeable in the Word of God as well and and trusting. So we have to be very careful around you know, on how we have really this relationship with one another, especially coming from such a brutal history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think going back to what you said about reconciliation, it's like, how can we reconcile with the non-Indigenous people when we can't even reconcile with the Indigenous people, right? With one another. And so what are some of the ways that you feel that that's possible? You know, the, let's, let's take away like reconciliation with the non-Indigenous people. Let's talk about reconciliation with our own brothers and sisters, our own cousins and aunties and uncles and, you know, our family and our our friends and our Indigenous family. So I don't know if that was, um, I don't know if that was you that time, but there's that like new part of the mall. Okay, yeah. And then somebody just threw that idea out there when we were driving by it. They said that, wouldn't it be cool if that was just like an all First Nation church? Yeah. I think that was me. <laughs> I think that was me. And yeah. then I thought, like, yeah, that would be. And it would be really nice if we could just like have like one big gathering as indigenous people. David Harper had that gospel jam a couple of weeks Jesus ago. And that was really awesome. I think that's a beginning and a step towards it. But then, you know, like we have to be able to reconciliate with one another so we can all gather like that because I know that not all churches come out when there's events like that but if somebody could coordinate all the ministers and all indigenous ministers to come together I think that's one step towards it but then we have to understand that there's other like uh, indigenous people out here that are believers And they also embrace traditions, their traditional ways. So how are we going to work together when 
when one minister doesn't allow the other one to smudge if he would like to. What do you do about that? Mm-hmm. Well, how can you provide those kind of safe space for that one minister if he wants to smudge or if he wants to bring the feather or if he wants to bring the drum when the other minister doesn't, would not want anything to do with it? You know, like you have to be able to pray and fast before something and an event if that if it ever happens and you know like even the ministers you know they need therapy too (laughs) (laughs) i think everybody needs a little bit of therapy yeah i think so and then that's when you know like our our great therapist our great counselor is god right and then he's the one that really helps us understand other people and to trust in him and his work that he does for other people as well and and he's the one that gives us that understanding to respect one another as well. To respect one another. And so by respecting one another, is that is that what you're sharing with me? Like is accepting of, you know, the drum and if someone wants to to smudge or someone wants to can you can you think of it? You know, as Christian people, we have to be respectful to one another, right? And so one thing that I, I learned in, in university, it was, it was a, a crazy topic all the time. It was a hard topic to, to talk about, you know, like the indigenous people in the church, mm-hmm. right? So, and, and it got very heated all the time. But one of, my, one of my stances that I came with was, you know, we all have to respect each other, mm-hmm. right? But it's not one-sided. It, it, it can't be like relationship is not a one-sided thing. It's a, it's a two-sided thing. So it's like, okay, so we have one person that wants to, play the drum. We have one person that doesn't believe in the drum. How do we come together and, you know, show um, respect, show honor, show, you know, relationship in that? Like, how do you think we need to start moving forward in that? We pray together. We pray together. Wow. Well, that's pretty easy. (laughs) We pray together. Yes. Yes, we pray together. And so in that prayer, do you feel that you know, there's going to be a right way or a wrong mm-hmm. way? No, because no. like even like I don't call myself a Christian, like because, you know, Christian, it's you know, like if you look at it as like in history, like the Jews don't call themselves Christians and they believe in God. There's Mesasonic Jews out there that, you know, like, I don't know if they call themselves Christians, but the way like. When I say that word Christian, it's like Anglicans, Catholics. It's like that whole category of Lutherans, Lutheran Catholics, Orthodox, Unorthodox. You know, like, I don't put myself in that category. I don't put myself in that. Like, this is the way I, I, I see it. Like, I don't put myself in a box. I serve a really great God. And um, I don't put that. That title. Yeah. The way I see it is that we're all believers. We all have this walk. We have our own walks and and like well and we all believe in something. So I call myself like a believer. And it's just where I've come to a point in my life where I used to call myself a Christian, but not anymore because I don't want anything to do with that anymore. Because I tried it. I went through it already and like I it's just kinda like I grew out of something that kind of like restricted me of becoming of who I am today as a believer in Christ, you know, because I have such a beautiful relationship with the Lord and he's brought me so much. Like even recently, he brought me through sickness 
And like even just by, I just recently visited Israel and that was such a beautiful time that, you know, like within that relationship, uh, I was able to even feel his presence even more coming after that trip. And I've learned how to have like a closer relationship just from being on that trip. And I've learned how to ask God of what I need in my life when I'm in his presence and even worship too. It's just when I listen to a song and this worship song, I could just feel God's presence right away. And like, no matter what I'm doing in, in life, where I am in life, I know that God is always going to be with me. I just love your relationship, you know, being able to just watch your journey and watch your relationship with God. It's very bold. It's it's very courageous. It's it's unique. It's your relationship. And, it, you know, anyone that knows you knows that, you know, it's your relationship with God. You beat to your own drum. <laughs> I don't know. You kind of, you go against the mm-hmm. norm. Um, you don't live in the box. That That's evident. You don't live in the box. You know, the other day I had this, like, this, I feel like this vision I had this vision and and the Lord was like speaking. I feel like he was he was trying to show something to me. And he 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 showed me a box. He showed me a box and all these people in this box and people trying to get out of the box but they they can't get out of the box. And then there's these few that are outside of the box. And so what what the box does is it it limits you. It limits you and it it keeps you confined. It keeps you like everybody else. It keeps you inside something, right? And so I saw like people breaking out of the box and those people lived free. Those people lived in peace. Those people just like, I don't even know how to explain what I saw, but it was a box and people were trying to get out of the box, but they couldn't. And they just kept looking like everybody else in the box. But the ones that got out, I just saw this peace and I saw this freedom. And there's freedom when you live outside oh, of the yes, box. There is. <laughs> <laughs> because you can find God in places that you don't expect. And, you know, like his presence just falls anywhere you want to go. Well, he's not limited. He's not limited. He's on- omnipresent. So that means that he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's not limited to the church. He's not limited to the four walls. He's not limited to my prayer closet. He's not limited. He is everywhere that we go. It's where we we put our feet. That ground is ours. And if that ground is ours, that ground is his. You know, just being able to be free. And I, I think I've been learning that lately in, in the last, you know, little while. God's been, you know, bringing me on a journey. I'm on this ever-ending journey. But, you know, it's growth. It's learning who he is, learning who I am in him learning, you know, who we are, our identity in him and what we're capable of, what he's assigned to us, what our destiny is in Mm -hmm. him, you know, and just watching everything that you're doing in the community, everything that you're doing with the youth, everything that you're doing with land-based program that you are working with and just watching you out there living Mm -hmm. free, (laughs) (laughs) living free and living peaceful. And you have a beautiful, big family. You know, you have a husband that loves you, adores you. Uh, takes care of you um, and you guys have built a really good life yeah, together. I don't have that nine to five job anymore. <laughs> no, you don't have it. Uh, Lord, <laughs> Lord um, um, what words of encouragement would you like to share with other Indigenous listeners? I would say like if Indigenous listeners, if you're a believer, be free of how you would like to serve God and trust in God. 
if he wants to show you a vision or a dream of what you've always longed to do, trust in him and trust in his timing because he would bring the people, the tools that you need in order to fulfill your assignment. And for Indigenous people that are non-believers, I would say is just respect everybody and be sincere and, and honest with yourself. And have your own voice in a way that, like, if you ever want to try Jesus, try Jesus. Check it out. <laughs> because I've had, and I know that it was, like, the best, best step that I made in life. And I just wanted to, like, also encourage the, like, non-Indigenous people as well is to just to be open to learning from an Indigenous perspective or from Indigenous people because you learn so much from us in ways of having a good, respectful relationship. And you also learn to be free and authentic around other nationalities as well. Maybe I even get some moose meat. <laughs> <laughs> I want some moose meat. <laughs> What is one thing you wish non-Indigenous believers would understand about your story? Um, I think that, I think you said it earlier, is that like, you know, like I'm living free, I'm living on, in a way of how I want to worship God, on how I have a relationship with God, just to learn that, you know, like, oh, she's um, doing her own thing, I'm going to respect that, and it's a whole other thing of of showing your love as well and not every indigenous believer is going to be like me each one of us are unique <laughs> and different <laughs> yes each one of us are unique and different you know what not every believer is going to be yeah. like me right not every believer is going to be like mm -hmm. you but you know we're created in god's mm -hmm. image like i said we all have a purpose we all have an assignment you know there's people that i can reach that you can't mm -hmm. reach. There's people that you can reach that I definitely can't reach. And that's just, you know, our assignment, our work in the kingdom. That's really just our work in the kingdom because we've given our life to the Lord. We've given our heart to him. Now, what is the purpose, right? The purpose is to serve his kingdom mm -hmm. and to serve his people and where they need healing, where they need, you know, a friend, where they need a relationship, where they need, you know, support and, and prayer and whatnot. That's just where God's going to place us. It's living outside of the mm -hmm. box, right? We have to go into the highways and the byways and to be able to find, you know, the broken and the lost and to show them the love of God, to show them that as believers, as Christians, as, as you know, the body of Christ, we're not all just one way. Because I feel like that's the stigma. That's been the stigma for a very long time. You know, it's one way and there's no other way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I mean, like, there's one way to to be a Christian. There's a right way to be a Christian. You can't do this. You can't do that. There's all these rules, right? And it's not necessarily like that. I remember when I was younger, one of the things that, you know, kept me going in and out of the church, you know, falling away and coming back was I couldn't live up to this expectation. Mm -hmm. I couldn't live up to this, this, this image of what I thought I was supposed to be as a Christian or as a believer. I couldn't live up to that up to those standards. And and when we we place these standards on our youth, our on our children, there's this it's too high of an expectation when God just says, just love me. Just love me. Just love me and give your heart to me. Because yeah, like you said, like you shared, he looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. So 
when we're able to go into the community and go into these homes and go into these families and and show the love of God in that way, I believe that that's going to be reciprocated differently than this is the way. These are the rules. You know, you have to be this way. You have to be that way to be, you know, a believer of Christ, which you don't need. You know, you know what I mean? You don't need to be that mm-hmm. way. Um, and you're just a living example of that. And so I really appreciate your story. I appreciate, you know, your ministry. You do have a ministry. Like you said, it's not the same as other people, or maybe some people might not understand it, but it's still the ministry that God has Mm -hmm. given you. And you live it out very, very boldly Mm -hmm. (laughs) and with a lot of resilience and a lot of courage and in just a beautiful Mm -hmm. way. I just want to thank you for being on Journey with Care, for being in the studio, being at my table today for Journey with Care and your land based program. Where do you? operate that where can we find you in the bush <laughs> in the bush <laughs> well you heard it here we find her in the bush <laughs> i will link all her information in the show notes to get a hold of her if you're interested in land based knowledge or learning you know more about the land learning about you know what she offers in her program and the youth that she works with until next time thank you for joining journey with care Thanks for listening to the Journey with Care podcast, where paths connect over real-life stories and honest conversations. We hope you continue to join us on this journey of faith, reconciliation, and loving our neighbor. Be sure to like, follow, and share. Special thanks to host Melvina Gabosch, ARC podcast engineer Johan Heinrichs, and donors who help make this show possible. Journey with Care is an initiative of Care Impact, a Canadian charity dedicated to connecting and equipping the whole church across Canada to effectively journey in community with children and families in hard places. Learn how Care Impact is transforming the way churches engage with child welfare with our Care Portal technology and academy training. To support this podcast or to learn more about us, go to careimpact.ca or click the link in the show notes. We're so glad you are part of this journey with us as we journey with care, even in the messy. Until next time.